0: Okay, we are learning Daphneim Now we're about to start, I think in my mind, one of the most difficult little pieces of Gemara. So let's just try to attack this um, with clarity and we'll, have, we'll make sure it's not too overwhelming. So we know there's an Isra of hatwana. So hatwana is on two levels. Hatmana before Shabbat starts, you not allowed to uh, insulate, rapidly uh, wrap food, even to completely cooked, with, with a material that adds heat. The reason being is because you might come to do it with remets, with the ash that's mixed with coals. If it's mixed with coals, you might be enticed to stoke the coals on Shabbos. That's forbidden. So therefore, you're not allowed to insulate with food that can add heat before Shabbos. Okay. Now, insulating is, 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 is it means that you wrap food with something else. Um, that's very specific. It doesn't just mean, you know, you keep it by something hot. It means specifically like a concept of like a wrapping, a wrapping by heat, not but just by keeping it else with something that's hot. And in fact, we're going to see today a premise, an idea in the Gemara that just, you know, if a person would— um, put one kettle on top of another kettle, for example, that's not considered to be hatmana. It's not hatmana. That's just that's not a wrapping at all. That's just putting two hot things next to each other. That's an important premise. When we say hatmana we mean insulating, we mean like wrapping. That specifically um, is an important an important element here to the Suki of Hatmana. And uh, we know that there's a different answer of hatmana on Java itself. you you're not allowed to insulate something. And the idea on Shabbos that you're not uh, not allowed to insulate is because usually a person before they'll insulate it will make, make sure that it's at peak high temperature. So if a person is going to do that, <clears throat> so Chazal answered um, insulating things on Shabbos because you might come to bring it to peak temperature before you would insulate it. Those are the basic, you know, background, the two, the two ideas of Hatzvana. So let's see. So, and, and maybe just one more point here so that we can, we can gain an appreciation for this. Uh, usually, like Hatzvana on Shabbos, usually is, is, is always, what we've been talking about, like when you talk about with, like with hot food, when you have like cold food on Shabbos, usually that's not Hatzmana because the whole idea of Hatzmana is that when I have hot food and I'm coming to um, keep it hot. So I'm going to insulate it. So then I might make sure that the peak temperature before I do it, but if I just have like some cold food and I just want to take off, you know, it's a chill or something like that uh, by keeping it by, by you know, wrapping in something hot for a second, usually we don't consider that to be Hatzmana either. Those are just some basic backgrounds that I th- think we'll make the next Gemara a little bit easier. But even with that being said, this Gemara, next little Gemara is not so easy. So let's see. says the Gemara, Rabba of Rabzir, Iqbal Beirush Galut. Rabba of Rabzir once go to the Beirush So a political figure, a Jewish political figure, not necessarily a rabbinic figure, but there were a lot of rabbis who would frequent the home. So Chazi Rabban Reziersi, who Abdullah was a servant, the Anach the Maya whom the Kukumah, he saw that he took on Shehavah, so it was cold water, jug of cold water, and he puts it right by the top of the kettle, hot water, in order to warm up the, the water. Now, obviously here, we don't have to worry about cooking. This is not mom special. He's not, he's just trying to warm it up but it's not going to cook. It's not going to reach uh, Yad Soledis ba. So let's say, you know, it's something where Yad Soledis is 113 degrees, let's say. He's trying to bring it to, I don't know, 90 degrees. Let's say something like that. And he sees him doing this. He's not doing anything wrong in terms of visual. But still, Nazi Rabba raba was upset at this servant. So he's upset at this servant. It must be that he considered that perhaps to be something like Hatzmana. Perhaps he's considered like he's wrapping, he's insulating the food on The Chavis. So like, What's going on? That's not Insulating, that's no different than just putting a kettle on top of a kettle, a kettle on top of a kettle. We're gonna learn later on, and as I mentioned in the introduction, that's not hot tomorrow, that's not considered wrapping a food at all. That's just considered you know, putting putting two hot things on top of each other that will retain the heat. That's not considered a way of insulating. Insulating means that you wrap something in something inside something else. This is not considered a way of insulating. So the same way you're allowed to put two kettles, one on top of the other, and that's not a problem on Java. So too here, it shouldn't be a problem to put some cold water um, on, uh, by the kettle, even if it warm, And as long as we don't have to worry about Bishul, it's not going to reach out so loud as this. So as long as I don't have to worry about Bishul, there's no issue of Hatswana. Why would it be any issue of hotmana? It's not considered to be a way of insulating. So Amalei, Rabbah said it's different. There, you're just keeping the heat with two hot kettles. But here, you're actually making more heat. So what's Rabbah's point? I think, just to understand what, what's going on, Rabba's saying, basically, that he's conceding that it's not actually Hatswana. It's not actually hotmana. you're not originally wrapping it. But it still in some way resembles hatmana. So in, it, it's not the most normal way. It's not Gerach Hatzmana, but it in some way it resembles hatmana. So it's some, this type of thing which resembles hatmana, but not actually hatmana. Is that Motur or Aser? So on that, we're saying a distinction. If you're just preserving heat, that's okay. But if you're adding heat, to it, adding heat to it, that is a problem. So if you have this cold water and it's on Shabbos, you're trying to really to warm it up. You're not even just trying to take away the chill, but you're really trying to warm it up. So that's Aser. Even on something that's not Gerach Hatzmana, it's still a problem to do such a thing. But if you're just trying to preserve the heat um, of, of two hot things and you're going to put two hot kettles, two hot kettles, one on top of the other on Shabbos, that, in fact, uh, would be permitted because of the fact it's not Kederach Atmana. Now, obviously, this is based upon the fact that it's essentially not Atmana. If something is really Atmana, you're not allowed to do real Atmana on Shabbos, even if it doesn't add heat, right? You can't wrap a chicken soup in blankets if it doesn't add any, any heat on Shabbos itself, even though it's not adding any heat. Obviously, this is predicated upon the idea that it's not really Kederach Atmana, because of the fact that there's just two hot pots on top of each other, it's not really one being wrapped on the other, something like that. But nonetheless, since it somewhat resembles hatmana, if you're doing it in order to add heat to it, that's the point, then, then we're saying that they took it so far, even though it's not really hotmana, but it just resembles it, that it's also if it's going to be adding the heat. That is the idea, and this is what seems to be a very interesting halacha that comes out. If I have a cold food, and I want to wrap it in something hot, Again, not official on Chavez. not going to reach one thirteen, but I'm going to wrap it by some, I'm going to put it by something hot that it will get hotter that it will it, will, it, will, it might not cook, but it will get hotter that resembles hotmana. so such a thing sounds like it would be also on Chavez, but if it's just a cold thing, I just want to like, take away the chill or something like that, then the post can say uh that that would be mother, so you know sometimes you might have such an example just to like think about where it gets a little bit hard. Let's say you have some cold green beans you're taking it out of uh, a fridge and on on Chavez day you're allowed to put it, let's say, in, into, uh, you know, put it, put put, put, put in a container, let's say, into a cliche of hot water, where you're just trying to take away the chill from the green beans so that they can be served, you know, at room temperature. But if I'm really trying to warm something up in such a scenario, um, if, even if, if you're going to put it by something hot, so then you, if it's going to be kind of put on something that is hot, you might want to think about somehow maybe the takeaway from our Gemara in terms of whether you're allowed to do such a thing. Very, very difficult piece of Gemara. Uh, where the Gemara, again, is saying where you could have just putting cold water by the hot kettle if you're doing it in order to warm it up, where it's going to be doing that even though it's not really Hatzmanah, but it resembles Hatzmanah, it's similar to and it could be Azar if you're trying to make it hot, even though it's not going to be bishop. Okay, now that point of the story finishes, so the Gemara continues, Chazer, uh, hader, now another thing happened in the story, hader Chazer, defras, defras das todar you saw that the servant was spreading a das todar is like um, a head covering. A to Kuba he put some spreading this head covering over the mouth of the of the jug. And then he was laying like a serving spoon over it. So Nazi Rabbah, Rabba got upset because when you put the head covering over the mouth of the of of, of the jug, what's going is gonna be wet. So you got upset at him for making a wet. Why is that bad to make it wet? Why are you getting upset at him for making a wet? So you're going to see why I'm going to get upset. Why? He saw that the servant went and squeezed out what happened was, right? The head covering um, absorbed water. And then he saw that the servant was squeezing it out to get out the water and squeezing out water. From a cloth on Shabbos, that's actually a malacha. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to squeeze it. It's so a total and Malabin is the clean sign, the wine sign. And wringing something out, sleep down Shabbos, is, is prohibited. So he knew that's what was going to happen. If you're going to make the head covering wet, and then obviously you're not going to want to wet, you're going to want it dry. So you're going to squeeze it out. So he was upset because he saw what it would lead to. So on my labor, Zaira said, my shnah." Why is that different than putting, let's like, just like an ordinary cloth or rag on top of a, of a bowl, which we're allowed to do on Shabbos, even though it's got liquid in it, even though, what do you mean? It's going to get wet, and then why aren't we? Hushing? Someone's going to squeeze it out. So if we're saying that, that that's mutter, then how did, what, what way is it more awesome to put a head covering where it will get wet? It all depends whether a person is going to be mocked, but whether he's going to be particular about the item getting wet. If it's on like a cloth, which a person isn't but, you know, so particular about it, getting wet. So then we don't ask you to do it lest you come to squeeze it out because we don't see that squeezing out is going to be, you know, such a priority. Whereas if it's a head covering where squeezing it out will be a priority. So then you're not you know, even allowed to put it in a place where it's going to get wet because we're concerned that you might come to squeeze it out. So that's the second takeaway from the story here with the Rage not to put things which people are mocking on not to get them wet because we're concerned that you'll come to squeeze them out to do schita, which is a, a form of whitening on the Shabbos, of cleaning on the Shabbos. But if it's something that a person is not a on, then that is uh, okay. All right, now we get back to the Mishnah. Again, the Mishnah had been discussing what types of materials are much to do atmana, what types of materials are not much to do atmana. So we say that atmana from before Shabbos is only usher if the thing adds heat. So we mentioned different types of materials that do that. So we said one of the things is a straw. So and then we mentioned other things like different types of materials soft scrappy materials cotton or wool are are, are torn up you know it's torn up clothing or things like that those are things which would be able to add heat if they were moist so the Gemara says by by what about dried out um dried out uh clothings or dried out dry dry, dry out kind of like soft cottons what would be the halakha? You're, you're allowed to do atmana with them before Shabbos, right? You're allowed to do atmana with them before Shabbos because we said they don't add heat unless they're wet. So let's say they're dry and they, therefore you're allowed to do atmana. Are you allowed to move it on Shabbos? So usually, the reason we're questioning is because usually these materials are muktzah Because usually, what do you do with them? You turn them, you process them, you make them into, uh, into other sorts of materials. So if you've got some, like, so, some soft cotton sitting around, it's like a raw material. And 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 usually such a thing is moksha because you can't turn it around and, and process it on Shabbos. You have no usage for the way it is. So usually it's moksha. But here you did atmana with it. So if you did atmana with it, is that something where like you're making it now? Do we see that now you're like designating it to be an insulating material? So in which case it wouldn't be moksha. Or do we say no? You just randomly use it one time to insulate something. But still, fundamentally, what the thing is, is an unprocessed material, which is muksa because it's only to be processed, can't be processed in Shabbos, so it would be muksa. So, which one is it? What would the halacha be for these unprocessed materials that happens to be, these soft cons or whatnot, that happens to be a person used uh, to do Atmaniwit? So, just because you didn't have uh, some straw around. So, so therefore, you, meaning you didn't straw is like a normal insulating material. You didn't have some straw around. So, you ended up using. This, this, this these unprocessed materials, you think they stop being unprocessed materials and they become designated for, for insulating. It's not designated for, for, for insulating it happens to be, happens to be that randomly now you didn't have straw. So you use these mukin material, but that doesn't mean that the mukin material now turns into something as designated for insulating and therefore it retains its state of being muxas. And this is just tangential. The mission was saying that, um, if these materials are, are, are moist and they're going to add heat, you can't do oxymoron. If they're dry, you're allowed to do oxymoron. Now, the Gamar's focus, if they were dry and use them for oxymoron, does that now designate them as being insulated materials and no, no longer be moksha, or do we say, no, they're still primarily raw materials which are all made to be processed, and therefore the way they are, are moksha on Shabbos. So the Gemara is saying that they are, in fact, moks. So the Mars says, a proof in the process. You can insulate with different sharings of wool, some comb wool, some, some purple wool, others, other types of all sorts of unprocessed materials here. But all the cases, you're not allowed to move them. They're moksha. You're going to turn them into felt. Wools, you're going to turn them into threads, so they're raw materials. So it happens to be used them for insulating, but they're still muksa. Uh, so, they, they, so we clearly see that just because you used it doesn't now mean that it's only to be insulating material and not and not process, and therefore it still remains in its muxa status. The Gemara says, If that's your whole support, just based upon that that, then that's not a proof. Why? Maybe this is what the price is saying. In below, let's say you didn't use it for insulation, for insulation, you can't move them. But in the Hanami, if you did go ahead and actually insulate with them, then they would, in fact, turn into something that's designated to be an insulating material, and they would lose their status in muxa. Says the Gemara, If all the bright meant is, if you didn't insulate them, then they'd be muxa. What's the chiddish? Of course, these things are They're raw material that are all meant to be processed and turned into felt and turned into thread. So of course they're MOXA. So the Gemara you may have call it Mizgala. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you could, maybe you could sit on them. Maybe you could recline on them. So maybe they shouldn't be muksa even as raw materials, even if they're only to be processed. But the way they are, they still have a. a they're suitable for uses on on that You could sit or recline on them. Kamash, one well, that no, it's not normally something that's used for reclining, and it would be muksa. But in our if you did Atmana with them, now it becomes designated as an insulating material. When it be muxa, It no longer is only to be processed. So We don't necessarily have a proof. And the Gemara kind of leaves the issue of whether or not. Uh, raw materials which were only to be processed that you happen to use for insulation before Shabbos, whether or not it turns them into insulated materials and it loses the status of Muxah, or we still see them as um all made to be processed and they would be muxa. Okay. Now the Gemara says very next Gemara is very relevant putting shoelaces and shoes on Shabbos, blowing up balloons on Shabbos. The Gemara says Rafista Sharla Dui Udra once we talked about like you know some some stuffings these, these, these types of materials, so now we mention another thing that might come up on Shabbos. You're not, a was mater, he had like a pillow, and he considers stuffing it on Chavez was mutter. To use this material to stuff it on Shabbos was, uh, was mutter. It's not considered like putting the final blow into a cleat. It's not a problem. So the says, why not? It says in a b'raisa, in a Let's say you have a neck, right? You have a shirt that has like tied together. The neck opening is closed. So you can untie the opening on Chavez, but you have a post postman. You can't open it up to begin with. If let's say it was all sewed together and it yet, yet, never yet was a shirt, you can't create an opening in the neck area on Chavez in order to make it a shirt because that would be uh, finishing, finishing the... Um, Fini- finishing the baggage. Okay, you're finishing, you're making the baggage for the first time on Shabbos. That would be a problem. And then it says, You can't put the stuffing into a, like a mattress or a pillow on, on Yantav or even Shabbos. So we clearly see you can't stuff a pillow. Why wouldn't you be able to stuff a pillow? Must be because that's Machabat You're putting the finishing tashes on the pillow. So, why wow, could Rabchistel go ahead? and say that you could put the finishing touches in, on a pillow by stuffing it on Chavez, here we clearly see in the Brayza that such a thing is awesome. You're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to stuff a pillow on Chavez. So the Gemara answer is kasha. It depends if it was a new pillow that had never been stuffed, that's Osir. Or if it's an old pillow that the stuffing just fell out. If it was, if it's never been stuffed before, so then stuffing it is considered makam and that would be it would be a violation of um to stuff it on Chavez. but if it was already stuffed, just it fell out then then it's not considered that you're making the kli and it's not also to return it and this goes very interesting you know putting in shoelaces for the first time on Chavez versus returning them blowing up a balloon for the first time versus re-blowing it all of these things uh have some basis some precedent based upon the gemara that we just saw i mean obviously is like this also the distinction we just made between the new one and the old. Uh Tiny the Prize says a no sense of the Sarkavasu because Beyonto and Sarchlom Shabbos, you can't stuff the mattress or the pillow on Yantif certainly on Chavez. Nashru, but if it there was already stuff, just it fell out, then Maxuno shabbos. you could return it on the Shabbos for ain Sarakhlom or Beyonto, and certainly on Yontiv, it is Mat. Okay, so earlier, just a second ago, we were learning about the collars of shirts, whether it's considered Makava to open up the collar for the first time. So now the Gemara clarifies. Someone who opens up again, the neck, opening in the, in the baggage for the first time. Shabbos is a khatas. He's been over on a Daraisa. It's Makava He's making, he's finishing the Bagot by opening up the neck. Maska Or says Rav why is this different than the lid of a barrel? This is a bride. So coming up later on in the, let's say you have a barrel, the barrel has like a cop, a cop cover that's sealed. And you want to get to the, there were dates or figs inside the baggage. So the bride, so there says says, hey, you can take a sword and knock open the, the lid of the barrel and take out the stuff. What's the shot? Well, why isn't it considered Machba Evidently it's not Machba to do such a thing, just cause it, it, to break it, to break it open, to, to make it suitable. So, so too here, it, it, why is it considered makuba patish to make it suitable just because I'm making it suitable by opening by opening the, the the neck for the hole? That's the that's the gemara's comparison. Here we're saying it's makuba patish to have, to open up a hole for the neck, and over there we don't consider a patish to break the seal on the barrel. What's the difference between the two cases? So amalei rabba zechi people are very simple. One is really attached, and one's not really attached. Meaning. Over here, in the case of the shirt, it's one single piece of material that you're breaking a hole in the first time, creating an opening for the neck. That's really changing it. That's making a new thing that hasn't been here before. It's finishing the baguette. That's forbidding your chay v'chatas for doing such a thing. But in that case, really, I just had two separate parts that happened to be sealed. I had the lid and I had the barrel. They were two separate components. They happened to be stuck together. But 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 we don't view that when you are breaking it that you're making makabh that you're finishing the usage of the clean. We don't view that it was just sealed, two things were sealed, but it wasn't considered one entity. So by the case of the neck opening where it's one thing right now, and you're breaking it and creating a shirt. So we view that as makabhapatish, whereas there the barrel is already a barrel, happens to be it was sealed shot with a lid. Opening the lid, um, opening the seal is not considered to be makabatish. Okay, now the Gemara. Um now we really move on to, to Hilchos Tumah for the next omen. It's not directly related to Shabbos, but you'll see why it comes in. So Mar says, Ronlier familiar humiliare we learned in a Mishnah. This Mishnah is in um by by the laws of Taharah Shalal, Let's say you have uh the different things that you get back from in in, in by from the launderer. So they would put different, you know, they didn't want to lose it. So what they would do is they would stitch together different different clothings uh so that they wouldn't get lost in the, in in the in the wash. So let's say you have two different clothing that are sticked together by the launderer or let's say a keychain, different things stuck together uh, or another example is let's say i have a garment and certain parts of it are sewn and stitched together with shot in his thread so let's say I had a woolen garment and sewn together with linen thread so in the common denominator in these cases between these cases is that i have things that are stuck together but not in a way that it's going to be staying like that forever it's probably going to be taken apart right the launderer thing it's only temporary that they stitch it together while they do the laundry and the Shatness thing is like that as well, because it's all made to be undone because it's Shatness. So in these cases, is it considered to be one or not? Now, the nafkimina is for the laws of Tumah. Let's say Tumah selling tame, a rodent would touch. Let's say a dead rodent touches one of the, one of the shirts. So, okay, that will become a Rishon Tumah. Is the other baggage that, that is, is, is stuck together with it from the launderer, sewn together from the laundry? is it considered one big bagot because it's sewn together, stitched together, and then it would also become a Rishon? Or do we say, no, it's temporarily stitched together, but they're two, they're two separate begotten, in which case, one begot becomes a Rishon, and the begot that's a Rishon doesn't have the ability to make another begot a Rishon. A, a begot is only, a kli is only makabal from an av. So if it's viewed as one big begot, they would both become a Rishon. But if they're viewed as two separate begotten, then the one that we had the contact would become a region, but the other one would just still be pure. So what's the halacha? Is it considered to be one or not? So what's the halacha? Chibur They are considered to be treated as one big kli. Since the they are stitched together, then they become one big kli, and the other one would become tume as well. Ad Until a person starts to separate them. Once you start to separate them, even though you haven't finished, it's already considered to be broken. The chibur is broken. And from that point, it's considered two separate entities. Um, but what's the takeaway? Even though it's not when people are actually using it. Right? Again, people only put them together. Laundry puts them together for the purpose of laundry. You're not doing laundry right now. But even though you're not doing laundry right now, um, it's still considered to be attached. Uh, it's still considered to be attached. As the gemara minu, but we see a contradiction from this from a mishnah. Once you have a stick that a person is sticking in as a handle for an axe, you're sticking in a wooden little piece of a stick for the in the top of the axe. It's just again temporarily. You're not you know fixing it there permanently at all, but you're sticking it in to be a part of the axe. It's considered to be one. It's considered to be a kli with it, part of part of the acts while malacha is being done with the act. Because while malacha is being done with the act, then in that sense, in that moment, it, it's viewed as a part of the acts, because it's there to be part of the acts, Where the implication is, malacha, and it's only when work is being done when you're using the act. Shelo b'shash but when work is not being done, low, it's not considered part of the act. Let's say after you're done with the act, using the act, you put the act down, you're done with the work. At that point, the wooden stick is not considered a part of the act. Let's say something would touch the axe, it wouldn't stick, wouldn't be automatically even So we see that something that you randomly uh, attach temporarily, we only consider it to be a chibur to be connected in the moment when the connection is necessary. But when it's not the time of malafa, when the moment when it's not necessary to have the attachment, then we don't view them as being one. So so to here, the gemara is asking when the launderer is going to stitch together two clothing, two shirts, let's say, so that they don't get lost in the wash. So when the moment when you're doing the washing, we can understand that it's considered one. But when it's no longer, laundry is no longer being done, then why should they be considered to be one anymore? So I'm lay, he said back, Zero, said, in the case of the actual, when you're not doing the it, you have no need for it whatsoever. You'll just take it out and throw it away. So even if you haven't taken it out and thrown it out, thrown it out yet, it's no longer considered to be a part of the act. But in the case of the garments that are stitched by the Kovei, even when you're not actually laundering, it's still, he's also happy that the stitches are there. Because if it would get dirty again, you could do the laundry again without restitching them. So even though right now you're not doing the laundry, but you're happy about it, um, so that you wouldn't have to restitch, restitch it. So in the case of the axe, it's like so easy. You just take a piece of wood in and stick it in. When right? you, don't, you don't take it out, you throw it away. So we don't view when the malacha is not being done. We don't view any need for the wood to be in there. And therefore, it's not viewed as a chibar when the malacha is not being done. In, in contrast, however, in the case of the laundry, where he's pleased, he's happy, even when he's not actually doing the laundry for the stitching to remain. So then it, 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 it is a chibar, even when the laundry itself is not, is not being done. Okay. So what just come out? Again, we're talking about a concept of two separate kalim that are being temporarily put together, whether they're viewed as being one clean at, and we just are, you know, it's definitely b'sha'as malacha, when you actually need them to be together. They are, and the Gemara has just provided a distinction. In some cases, when it's not malacha, is not being done. We view them as being attached. Some cases, not. So the Gemara continues. The surah, in a place, in surah, they taught the teaching in the name of they taught in the name of some people say the name of the Montana. Who is this tana? If we talk about it, the the there's something that was known to the Rabbanan that anything that's attached, even if it's not the same thing, it's considered like the thing. Anything attached is considered like the thing. Where does that come from? Am Rabbi Yudam or Mayor? It comes from Mayor. Now we learned in a Mishnah, Mishnah in Caleb, there would be right next to a Kira, next to a stove top, they would have another little kli, another receptacle which would hold. Hold things, hold spices, hold oil, different things that would be there. The point of these things is that they would hold things and they would become warmed right next to the oven because they would be close to the oven. You'd put these small things, they would hold oil, other things, spices next to the oven, the stovetop, they would become warm when the stovetop was being used. So are these little kalim, are they considered to be one cle with the kira because they're attached to it? Or are they separate kalim? How does it work? Are they one clear or a separate klee? So what's the law? <speaking in Spanish> they become tamay through contact, meaning... Let's say something touched the kira, and the kira become tame. So these other kalim that are attached to the kira automatically are tame as well. They're viewed as being one. But not a tumah through the, the, the kira's airspace. So let's just clarify what are the laws of tumah. Metals is macabre tumah with contact, with contact. But cheres, earthenware, is not macabre tumah with contact to the outside. The way that earthenware is macabre tume is when something tame goes into its airspace. Let's say a dead rodent was dangled into the airspace of an earthenware oven, then the earthenware oven would become tummy. So in, let's say that th- this was the case, You had an earthenware oven and attached to it was one of these small little receptacles and a dead rodent was dangled into the airspace so the oven is becoming tummy. we would not say that the small receptacle also becomes tummy. So we're making a distinction between metal and an earthenware, which seems very hard to understand. When metal and it's moving through contact, then we say... That the small receptacle is viewed as being a part of the oven, and when the oven becomes tame, so then automatically the small receptacle also becomes tame. But when it's earthenware, where the way becomes macabre tuma, the way the toma goes, the, is, is, the way the tuma goes to the oven is through its being in the airspace of the oven. Then we don't say that the small attached uh, receptacle is automatically tame with it, and the Gemara will explain the distinction. All of this is different every mayor from the words of our mayor. Shimon, matar. Shimon is Metar the receptacle in all cases. Why? Because he holds just because it's randomly attached, but it's not a part of the stove top. And that's, un- un- that's understandable. Meir is the one who's saying a chiddish that since it's attached to the stove, it's viewed as being a one cle here with the stove while it's attached. And the Gemara analyzes, especially <speaking> on <in> the Reb Shimma To understand Reb Shimma, it's very easy. It's a random receptacle just being attached to the Kira. It doesn't become a part of the Kira. a mayor, what's going on with this Reb Meir? Iki Kira dummo. It holds that since it's attached to the Kira, it becomes like a, of the, a, a part of the Kira itself. I feel about time. So it should be get Tomah, even through Tomah going into the airspace, even if they'll say the case where it's an earthen or one. And the, Dead rodent is being dangled into the airspace of the kira. So we should say that just as the kira is becoming tame, the entirety of the kira becomes tame, including the small receptacle that's attached to it. And if you're going to say that, no, it's not considered a part of the kira. It's just because it's attached. It's not a part of the and We shouldn't say that we shouldn't consider the small receptacle to become tame when the source of the tumah is contact, right? Let's say it would be a metal one, and a dead rodent touches the wall. We shouldn't, then we also shouldn't say that the receptacle becomes tamay. So we monoshoff, is the receptacle that's attached to the cure? Is it a part of the cure or not? If it is, it is. If it's not, it's not. But why are we making a distinction between whether the tumah is coming through contact to the stove or, can't, or through the airspace of the kira. So the Gemara answers, lop, kifir, really, Midorah, I saw it's not a part of the kira. It's just a random thing attached, not a part of the kira. For Banu to Gozerhu, the, gozer, the Tumah is only Midorah Banan. Since the Tumah is only Midorah Banan, so, so so it's lighter. But so the Gemara still doesn't like it. The, e, gozer, but if the rabbis made the Kzaira, I feel the Bible and the they should have made the Kzaira, even in regard to Tumah, the airspace. Still, why are the rabbis not saying it unequivocally? Well, if the rabbis are being Gozer, that someone might view it and perceive it as being one cli and that's why they're giving tumah to anything connected to the kira, including the receptacles. So they should say that in the case of the scenario where it's being coming through the airspace as well. So the marriage is abdu-rabbana ne'kira. We don't, we didn't treat it completely as one with the stove, because we wanted to make it show that it's different, to show that it's only a tumah mitzraybon We don't want people to burn shumah or kachim based upon the tumah to the receptacle. Remember, there's a big distinction between sangas tumah mitzrayz and tumah sangas tumah mitzraybon. that tumah mitzrayz is a real tumah. So if we touch shumah or kachim, the halacha is that the shumah or kachim becomes disqualified and it should be burned. It's a mitzvah to burn it. It becomes a mitzvah to burn it at that point. So that's only true though if it's a real tumah. If it's a tumah mitzraybon and it touches shumah, maybe mitzraybon you shouldn't eat the shumah, but there's no mitzvah to burn the the truma. and in fact it would be wrong to burn the truma because on a, on a rise a level the truma is pure so if the rabbis are going to be gozer tuma on the receptacle when from a biblical standpoint it's not tameh the rabbis have to do something that reminds us that shows us you have to remember the tuma's only and if some if some truma or kachin would touch the receptacle don't burn it what do the rabbis do so they legislate a leniency within the, the din abanum so that we'll remember it and that the legislation was is that if there was a tumah in the airspace of the kira, then the receptacle does become tamay. That weird anomaly reminds us that the whole tumah that's on the receptacle is only mitzraybon. And since the tumah is only mitzraybon, now we won't burn trim our kachon that touches the side receptacle. So to summarize what we've learned, we just we're talking about a concept of two kelim that are attached. <clears throat> two that are attached if they become one, because we started talking about it with the launder stitching together two calums, we spoke about it with wood and, t- and an axe, and now we're talking about it in the concept when I have a stovetop that has a small receptacle on the side, they fill it with things to get warm um, by the stovetop. Is it considered the stovetop itself, or is it not? The nafkemina is, if the stovetop becomes tamay, if the clean becomes tamay, along with it or not. So. We're saying Rav does not view it as one infringement Matai matar. a is matami we're clarifying that mayor is only a tuma of rapano and the rabbis, in order to remind us that it's only rapano they only said the tuma of tuma that comes about through contact with the stove not tuma that comes about by being in the airspace of the kira Okay, continues the Gemara again, Very these similar issues. Let's say you have a scissors that are made of two different parts. So you have two blades that come apart. When you use it, you, you connect the blades. When you're not using it, it's just two separate blades. or a blade handle that a carpenter might use. It's a very similar idea. You have like um a blade and a piece of wood that are disconnected when they're not using, but when they're used, they are connected. So what's the halacha? Is it considered one or considered two? Sometimes they're connected, sometimes they're not. So when they're attached, they're considered a Meaning if one part, let's say, touches dead rodent, then the other part automatically is But for purity, right, let's say it was already and you have to sprinkle uh, sprinkle from that mace you have to sprinkle from the ashes of paraduma on it. So let's say I only sprinkle on one blade. Does the other blade automatically become tar? So no, it does not. It's only astringency that it becomes tame together with the other blade. But to be lenient and say that it becomes tar by the by the ashes touching one blade, we do not automatically say that the other blade would be tar. So the Gemara says, why? Manavsha? However, way you look at it, it's, it's difficult. If it's considered attached to filo azanami it should be considered attached leniently also for the sprinkling from <in> the <Hebrew> ashes. That if the ashes touch one blade, the other blade should be tar. And if you're saying it's not considered an attachment to the Hilazanami, so in regard to tomazo, it shouldn't be considered attached to Toma'azo. When it's actually being used, when the blades are being used together, when they're being used in the capacity of scissors, then they're considered attached or considered one. And if let's say a dead rodent would touch it when they're being used for, scissors, for for scissors, then both blades would be tame. And in the moment of being used for scissors, if it was tame and then the ashes hit it, then both blades would be tar. Bishalobashastmalach, when they're not being used, Then they're not considered attached, both by Toma and regard to sprinkling. Because when they're not being they're not being um, it's not being used, it's not being used, so then we have no reason to view them as being together. However, and we were stringent, and we said for Tumah, that even when they're not being used, it's perceived as wing-von-kli, and the reason the rabbis made that is atu, because if people don't do that, then they might not be matame the two plates, even when it becomes tamameh, when they're in use. They also were decreed that we should, that we should be machmerh. And with, with sprinkling that's, that, that happens when it's in use ought to a case of sprinkling that happens when it's not in use. If we were make-on, we allow sprinkling that happens when it's in use to be matar the other blade, people might be matahar the other blade even when it is not in use. So to summarize what's going on, two blades of a scissors that are taken apart when it's not in use. So is that one or is that two? So what's the answer under the riser level? When it's in use and it's functioning together, it's viewed as one. When it's not in use, it's viewed as two. Midrah Bonan, where goes our tumma even when it's not in use on the other blade. Um, And we do not allow purification even when it is used to protect the case of when it is not in use. Now, there's a very